0: life's a little sweeter here on dazed and infused
1: welcome 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 back to another episode of dazed and infused today it's going to be a little different we're going not with a confectioner company we're not going with a drink company we're not going with someone in the edible space we're going with what i like to call a frontline soldier's perspective in the cannabis industry a lot of you people out there interact with bud tenders um on somewhat daily basis uh but Have you ever thought about what it would be like to be the guy selling into those dispensaries and what that's all about? Well, tonight I'm really privileged to have a friend and a frontliner, Nick Giordano with us. And Nick, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much, Latham. And I commend you on pronouncing my name correctly. I like that, Giordano, I like that.
1: Well, thank you very much, Nick. Um, Nick, you know, um, often people think uh, there's a lot of glamor in the uh, weed space. Uh, you and I both know that's not exactly true, um, but there is interesting adventures to be had. I start off every show with this question. What's your historical relationship to cannabis? How did you come to cannabis in your life? And you dig deep because everyone who's tuning into this podcast is interested in that. Um, you don't have to name names and you certainly have to don't have to name places, but here, what do you think, Nick? <laughs>
2: Well, um, I remember, I distinctly remember the first time I got high, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a weed smoker until probably I was, I was probably 17. I was uh, probably a junior in high school and uh, I didn't have strict parents like that or anything, but my dad was, uh, my dad's a scary guy and the thought of me getting caught drinking or smoking pot, he probably kicked my ass. So um, I never really divulged and I used to I had some people over and it was one shady dude who went to my high school. And I remember the first time I got high and I got that tunnel vision and I freaked out. I freaked out. When I first smoked it, I didn't feel anything of course. And then a half an hour later, I thought I was going to die. I was actually almost in tears at a 17 year old. I was about, you know, and I, and I was about two fifteen back when I was 17, I was a heavy kid. Um, So I thought, I really thought that I was going to, uh, I thought I was going to die. It freaked me out a little bit. And then of course, you know, it got to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I used to get it off of, I won't mention names. I used to get it off of, uh, guys very close to my family. Let's just say that I bought it off of him. Uh, I remember going there to ask him if he had any, and he goes, I don't know if I got enough. And he pulled out two giant bags. that must've had two pounds of weed in each. And I was like, great. This is what, this is, uh, I won't mention who it was. <laughs> let's just leave it at that.
1: Well, if your family's listening, they they probably can get a pretty good idea who yeah, this person okay, is. You know, targeted. exactly. So um, let's let's talk about your territory and where you service. I mean, are you servicing basically Hollywood, West Hollywood, Northern LA, and uh, you go out quite a bit? Your territory is huge. Uh, and for the people listening at home who live maybe in Delaware or something like that, Nick travels Delaware twelve times a day. pretty much (laughs) That, that puts it in perspective um give us an outline of what your territory is and what your day is
2: uh well i'm not with a i'm working independently now so i'm not with a distro and i'm not tied to one territory um i was tied to a territory of hollywood west hollywood and parts of downtown and the concentration of stores is so great it was hard to make big sales because the stores just don't buy a lot of stuff at one time so being compared to other sales reps in the desert um, or down in San Diego where the stores are busier because there's just not as many they were making bigger purchases so now I get to do whatever I want pretty much um, if I run into a store where another rep is at I just I just pitch them a different product um, you know I'm representing about four different products Shuggies being one of them. And uh, (laughs) had a nice day with Sugis yesterday, actually. Um, So I'm in, of course, I have great relationships in Hollywood and West Hollywood, and I'm branching out to San Bernardino. I'm out there. Uh, I have some shops that I sell to in Desert Hot Springs, Palm Springs, Cathedral City. Uh, I'm branching out down toward Torrance and stuff. And now I'm also in the Valley, too. I have stores up in Mission Hills and Woodland Hills and uh, up in, like, Studio City. So it's been really cool. It's been really cool to go where I want to go.
1: So, in terms of like, you know, where the industry is, Nick, um, and, you know, you've been around in this business now for, I think, how many, four or five years?
2: So three, three
1: and a half years. And, yeah, three and a half years. I mean, you've seen everything from legalization straight through and how the dynamic has just totally changed and how now we're seeing, I'm seeing it on the front side, you're seeing it on the front side. I'm seeing a lot of management changes. I'm seeing a lot of personnel changes. I'm also seeing um, complaints from bud tenders that the pay isn't great and there's not the fringe benefits there used to be. I mean, do you, what's your perspective on that?
2: Well, for me, I think that um, <clears throat> for me as a sales rep, I mean, I'm basically a door to door salesman right. is what it, what it amounts to. Um, and it's a different, there's different products that take, you know, I love to have the one the one visit close where you're walking in like, great, give it to me. You know what I mean? And that's that's rare. It's usually, a you know, four or five touches to get them interested, and you know, a lot of the buyers have to see the owners before they make a final decision. And one of the things that I go through a lot um, with uh, there's a store right in West Hollywood that's brand new, and I walked in and they loved one of my products. I want it on your shelf. I just got to make room. I got to get the buyer, the owner to say yes, and then we'll definitely get you in here. And this was about, about seven, eight, nine touches. I keep going back to the guy and he's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I went there last week and uh, they got rid of him. So now I have to start all over. Oh, again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a new buyer and now I have to start all over again. And those are some of the things that you uh, that you run into. Um, as far as bud tenders, I mean, I, I know that the bud tenders, they don't make a lot of money. And then I run into some shops where some of the bud tenders make really good tips, which compensates what their, huh. what their pay is. Cause that's I'm great. Yeah. They do pretty well, but it's not all stores. Right. It's not all stores.
1: So um, as far as the bud tenders go, I mean, that's one thing, the buyers are another thing. I, and I want to just make this shout out to all of you buyers out there who um, I, I meet with your manager. And I said, Hey, is your buyer in today? And they said, no, 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 they're not in. I I actually see them. They're down the hall right there. Hey, Lisa, (laughs) Lisa, come here, talk to me. They all do this. And, you know, I came from a very traditional industry where, you know, customer service was king and we did B2B, right? And so I was meeting clients all the time and potential clients and people. I didn't know what was going on with their business until I talked to them. Now I'm sure you know this. It's like if you email them to their mysterious email that they never answer, and say, oh, "Can we get an appointment?" It's it's very tough. You want you any comments on this? Is it getting better?
2: Um, it's not getting too much better. Um, I'm lucky enough because I've had I have my best clients are people that I have a relationship that I've been dealing with for the past you know a uh, year and a half, and they've gotten a lot better now that I'm. <laughs> for lack of a better thing to say, I have better products now at a better price. Right, right. That most of the companies I'm self-distributing. So that extra distro charge is not on there.
1: Uh, so we're talking about the um, making appointments and so where does that go?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it hasn't gotten a little bit, it hasn't gotten much better to that. I mean, I think that whenever you walk into a store and, you know, I'm, I'm over the tricky kind of thing of trying to go, you know what I mean? Pretending I'm a customer or something like that. That's what I did in the beginning. And I'd just say, hey, I'm Nick. I'm an independent vendor. I represent like four brands. Is there an owner or a buyer or a manager that I can talk to? And most of the time they'll give you like, we don't take appointments. You have to have an email, which is the kiss of death because they never respond to email. It's so rare that I get someone to respond to an email unless I become really friendly with someone and I have like some literature to give them that they, I mean, it happened once I gave them some literature and it just happened to be a brand that they were looking for. Um, But it's usually, that's usually kind of like a a kiss off when they want to give you an email address. I walked into a really big store the other day, which we had talked about um, and they didn't even give me an email. That's how hard it was to get to the buyer. I said, well, can I, they're like, we'll take your information and we'll get back to you. I couldn't even like make a little in uh, an email to try to get in touch with somebody. So yeah, it is difficult. I do, whenever I do run into that though, I do check in. I said, well, let me just check the place out and I'll walk in and I'm even up front with the bud tenders. I'm like, Hey, I'm a vendor. I'm just checking what you guys have. What's your cheapest pre-roll? What kind of topicals do you have? This and that, because these are the brands that I have. And then sometimes you just run into a manager and then you get to talk to them. And then it's, I, I kind of get my way in that way.
1: Right. With- A linchpin product like uh, you do can originals, which is uh, we've had uh, Gary on the show before. Mm -hmm. He makes an incredible product. He's got uh, it's it's got to be a great entree for you, especially with um, emu oil was the big thing. And then he merged it into can originals. And uh, it's a great product. And the people who already used it is a shoe in the door, right? You Mm -hmm. get it in. Yes. Right. So it's not not that uh, difficult with that problem, but there are other brands out there that are problematic. That's for sure. We're going to go to our first break right now. And when we get back, we're just going to talk more about the landscape of the independent contractor um, within the cannabis sphere. I I think, uh, actually, it's something that you could explore on your own. There's models that are breaking down. So we'll be right back with Nick Giordano.
0: We'll be back to crave your sweet tooth with more Dazed and Infused right after this. make your happy hour happier with a dunk of shuggies in your drink order your shuggies now at dot scom or find it in dispensaries throughout california whenever you crave a little sweet pick up shuggies the sweet sweet take anywhere treat
3: the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace progressing toward the green peak each week joined richard's wiki a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, Green Peak, Peak with Richard's Wiki. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
0: How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Dazed and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host. This show brought to you by Suggies as always. Oh, We're back with Nick Giordano, independent contractor, salesman extraordinaire, slinging weed throughout the LA and OC, sometimes out in the desert. Nick, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Um, I just wanted to get back into kind of a subject that's pretty touchy right now, and that is the end of stimulus for COVID, Um, the apparent not uh, being reenacted. It might've been by the time this podcast goes live, but I'm seeing a lot of depleted inventories in dispensaries. I'm also seeing less people in dispensaries. What's, what's your take on that?
2: Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of, uh, a few of the stores that I was dealing with um, were extremely busy, um, even busier than before the pandemic. Um, people were lining up down the blocks. There was a few stores that I, that I sold to that, that were, had lines down the block. And it kind of like was a door that just shut and closed you know, one day it was a line and the next day you go is, I mean, I drove by a store to see a buyer at five o'clock on a Friday. And I was like, there's no way I'm, he's going to have time for me because he's usually working the floor himself. And uh, I walked right in and spent a half an hour with him because there was nobody there. And I said, what's going on? He goes, unemployment. It, it ran out and there's nobody's got jobs. Nobody's got money right now. And they're thinking that uh, it might turn around after the election I'm not sure when this is going to air, but, um, and it's funny because there are some stores that are depleted on inventory, but these particular stores were loaded up and they, you know, usually they would buy stuff from me. They just want to go with the inventory they have and especially new products, getting them new products in the store. Right. Um, It just wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. And uh, hopefully it'll turn around.
1: Well, I think it will, and it'll probably turn around pretty quick. But with you know um, the election right around the corner, and people need their medication—that's for sure. And I I hope this gets resolved faster, than especially this. with
2: this election. People people definitely need their medication with this election.
1: That's for sure. That's for darn sure. <laughs> Just don't want, don't watch those debates if you don't want to go crazy. Oh my god. Anyway, so moving on. Um, what do you think we're looking at in terms of um, product ranges. Now, you yourself rep my product, Shuggies. You rep Can Originals. You rep Little Nicky's, which is your personal pre-roll brand. You do um, several other things. Um, where do you think the the nuances lie within the whole spectrum of cannabis, the little things that fall in, in the cracks that people may like? And what do you think are going to be trends in this year next year?
2: Um, I do need to give a shout-out to a couple other brands, though. Sure. Hush, uh, infused pre-rolls and hush puppies, um, which are not moon rocks. I get in trouble for calling them moon rocks, even technically. And Cali Life is another brand that I represent, which is a jarred flower and pre-rolls as well. Um, I see a trend with the, it's why I wanted to probably try and start my own brand. Uh, you know, the Little Nickies with your help are hopefully going to get that off the ground, um, which is going to be about a half gram uh, value pre-roll, but, but a very good pre-roll at a value price, but I think that's where it's going. And I think with with people with the tight budgets, I think uh, pre-rolls are, are, they're very popular now, but I think they're gonna be even more popular in the coming year, I think. Um, and it's the convenience, the convenience of it, and edibles too, edibles as well, with the, the convenience of edibles, it's just so much easier um, to consume that way.
1: So if you had a demographic that you're looking at in terms of like your top consumers are probably still in the 21 to 33, but I don't know if they're age group, but I'm not sure they're the biggest spenders, right? I would think the people in the 35 to 55, 60 crowd, that's your big spenders. And that's where if you're listening to the show and you're thinking of getting into the weed business um, as the, the industry matures, you're gonna be seeing more of those refined buyers and all of the younger buyers are gonna turn into refined buyers eventually because they want better stuff at a better price or a better price, meaning you're getting a better quality product at that price. What do you think, Nick?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that uh, the more people learn about it and learn about weed and make it more of a daily routine and a, and a norm like alcohol is, um, I think people are going to want to get that higher you know, top shelf stuff. You know what I mean. And people are starting to come around that it's not all about THC percentage. It's just not. It's all about the total cannabinoids and the full spectrum high and the differences in that. Whereas, you know, just getting a, a, a some marijuana that is testing high doesn't mean that it's going to be the right high for you at the right time and how you want to feel or even good. Or even good, yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about how it tastes as well, as as, along with the effects. And I think that's, you see that in a lot of these bigger stores, um, that the stuff that they're selling is really, really high-quality stuff and very tasty, very tasty, and smells really good. Nose, good nose.
1: So what do you think about things like, um, you know, what Jeff the Chef does, these ingredients, or me, what I do ingredients? I mean, do you think – I, my personal philosophy is I think that we're going to be merging more to the corner store kind of model with all these great drinks out there like Colexo. I'm going to shout yeah, Brandon, one more time. Colexo's is a great drink. Um, but refined products, better products. And I definitely think we're going to have the full spectrum of stores too. We're going to have the boutique store, the Gelson's. We're going to have the uh, Whole Foods. And then we're going to have all the way down to, you know, Mr. Giordano's corner store,
2: <laughs> Walmart, Walmart uh, type of stores.
1: Yeah, the Walmart of weed, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I within the the boundaries of the sales thing. I mean, as we get more and more legal across the country, we're going to see more exposure to more types of storefronts, more types of retail establishments. Um, where do you think guys like you and the sales thing fit in? You know, there's the distribution model that we I've tried. And it was not a good model for me, I and mean, now we're self distributed, which is working very well um Where do you think the the business model's going?
2: Well, I think with the distro model is I think brands get lost. I think some brands get lost, and the distro will probably put more energy into one brand as opposed to another and I think that's probably what happened with a couple of a uh, couple of brands um, with the distros that I was with, um, but I, I, I see the.
1: Like I, the business climate, where do you think it is? Getting better, getting worse?
2: Um, I see it getting better. I think it's at a mainstay right now, but I see it, I see it getting better. I see it picking up and I see it going into uh, more shops, opening up and more, like you said, more boutique shops, more value shops and more high-end shops.
1: So for someone who's an independent rep like yourself, though, do you think what you do, I can see what you do being more of a, a mainstay kind of way of sell, sales in the future?
2: Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think my position is going anywhere. I think there's always gonna, you're always going to have to have boots on the ground to get product in front of people. Um, a lot of stuff I do over the phone, but it's only with people that I have a great relationship with. You know what I mean? I, they still have buyers that continually buy from me, but they want to see stuff before they, especially if it's flour, because flour is like where I'm from. And my family has been in the produce business for a hundred years since 1920 in South Philadelphia. And it's like produce. I mean, stores need, buyers need to see what the flour looks like. You know what I mean? With edibles and, and your product and topicals and stuff like that, that's all fine because it's pretty consistent. But as far as jarred flour and pre-rolls, it's always changing. It's always changing because there's always a different strain. And I think that that's and that's where the market is going. I think people really want to want to do that, want to try different flavors and different uh, different terpenes and and different strains.
1: So basically, um, we're in agreement. I mean, it's going to change. The The market's going to change and people are going to want more. I think something I've been harping on lately in terms of my personal outreach is I've been asking as many people as possible to start asking uh, for more products they like, you know, and getting out there and getting those products they need. So um, if you don't ask for things, you're not going to get them. So if you're listening to this at home and you think, oh, I'd like a special cookie or I'd like this, or I'd like this. Well, you got to ask the, the dispensary for it because they could care less, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to get you what you want if you ask for it. So as for interesting and different products, when you go in there, don't get led by the nose and really just kind of um, experiment a little more. That would be my advice. There's so many good products out there. There's mints, there's candies, there's, gummies of course there's worms there's potato chips uh there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there and it needs to be partaken of because if you don't partake in these products they're gonna disappear and you're gonna end up with swaggy weed Mm -hmm. so um we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're going to talk to nick about being a guy from philadelphia what his friends back home think about what he does <laughs> and of course we'll end with stony story and give nick a little plug on little nicky's a new brand coming out uh pretty soon here and later on big nicky's so we'll be right back with nick giordano this is dazed and infused with latham Woodward.
0: we'll be back to crave your sweet tooth with more dazed and infused right after this
1: Doc rob
0: That cancer is preventable.
3: The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends in technology, processes, and products. We cover these areas and more on The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company.
0: How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Dazed and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host here with Nick Giordano, frontline foot soldier in the cannabis business in Los Angeles, California. Tonight, we're broadcasting from West Hollywood from the Rafferty Estate. And uh, thank you, Bill, for letting us set up shop here. I really appreciate it. Um, We're back now. What are you boys back in Philly? Think about what you do. This must be pretty interesting to them. You're a green grocer guy from the, from the, uh, from Philly. This might be an interesting way to go into Stony story, Nick. Why don't you brief, uh, brief the people at home?
2: Wow. Here we go. Um, it is, it actually is kind of funny. Uh, a lot of my friends that I am uh, uh, my buddies from high school are actually big, bigger, much bigger smokers than I was whenever I, in in high school. Um, they actually used to uh, call themselves. They used to say that they were part of the BBA, the better bong association, (laughs) um, which I always thought was very humorous. Um, And I remember I was doing a, I was doing a uh, driving around with, you know, samples and stuff like that. It's what I do. I'm licensed and I have a a, a permit to do that. But, you know, my friends are like, dude, I can't believe you're riding around with all that weed on you right now. Aren't you nervous? I'm like, about what? It's legal, man. You know, it just, uh, it hasn't hit the Philadelphia area recreationally at least uh, yet. So, it's definitely a funny thing, and my parents—they, my parents were always super cool. They could care less, as long as I'm, as long as I'm making money, and they're not. Uh, I'm not asking them for money. They're fine, uh, <laughs> but it's also—it's uh, interesting. It's definitely interesting. I didn't, I didn't expect to be in this business. I, I was an actor for years, um, and you just can't maintain yourself too much for that, uh, for too long. So. Yeah.
1: Nick, you might have seen him in a lot of national spots in the 90s when he was big on TV. Late 90s, early 2000s. 2000s. And um, so during this last segment, we like to talk about Stoney's story. And that's this story that may not even have to do with you. Could be an observation of someone around you. It could be just something so goofy, like you locked yourself in the car and you couldn't get out, and you're in, a, you know, in the Arctic or something. I don't know, It's a stony story. But uh, you got one you want to share with people at home?
2: Do you think I could share that story that I told you earlier? I, it's one of my favorites.
1: It depends. <laughs> you got to go home.
2: Yeah, they won't care. And uh, all right. So, and this is an homage to my my uh, my uncle Mike who was my brother. Um, he's basically my brother. He was only, my mother had five younger brothers. Uh, the youngest one is my uncle Robert, who is only see, three, four years older than me. And my uncle Mike is, was only four four years older than me, four or five years older than me. And he was my best friend. He passed away last year of uh, really horrible, um, can I say curse? Sure. Fuck cancer, man. I mean, it was just, it was awful. He was one of the greatest
1: guys there. Fuck cancer, I'm gonna back that one up. Uh,
2: Um, and the funny thing is, is I used to bring him a lot of weed, uh, because it was actually the, all the drugs that he was on with the chemo and everything and the stuff that they had, the pills that they gave him for nausea. The only thing that worked was, was me bringing him joints.
1: Um,
2: so, you know, he had a medical card he lived in New Jersey. He had a medical card, but I used to bring him some really good stuff from here. Um, but I smoked with my uncle all the time. We used to smoke. This is the story. We used to smoke all the time. At family parties. My mother's incredible uh, Italian cook. Easter, Christmas, you know, just giant family uh parties and stuff. And I used to smoke out on the front lawn with my uh with my uh uncle all the time. And uh I didn't know I knew my I knew my parents dabbled once in a while, but I didn't really know that my dad, and my dad is the my dad's one of the greatest guys, one of the greatest voices you've ever heard. My dad was a phenomenal singer. He was an actor himself when he was younger. And uh but he went to work and was up at four o'clock in the morning till six every day. And he wasn't the happiest guy all the time, but I mean, I love him. So I'm Christmas years, years, years ago, I'm sitting in a living room and I see my dad go up the steps to go to the bedroom. Uh, and then I see my uncle Vince follow him up. And then I see my uncle Mike followed him up. And I'm like, what are these sons of bitches doing? And I, you, you know, mm-hmm. they come down one at a time, like staggering, like, we're not going to notice they're all smiling, you know? And, uh, So I go outside to smoke with my uncle Mike and it's a kind of visual, but like puffing on the joint like that. And I go, so uncle Mike, you smoke pot with my dad. And he took the joint from me and he took one puff. He goes, this is your dad's pot like that. (laughs) And I just laughed. I laughed so hard. I'm like, Holy shit. Dad gets good stuff. Um, That's my, that's my stony story.
1: All right. To guys in Philly listening to this, one. I'm sure Nick will refer to I'm sure you'll get a good, good kick out of that <laughs> yeah. one. You know, um, I just want to emphasize as we get to the close here. Um, y- you're not going to get if you don't ask for it. Okay. So if you want some special edible, you want some special weed, you want some special tincture, you want something different that you're not seeing. For God's sake, say something, okay? It's my existence as a maker of sweeteners for the cannabis space. It's Nick's existence because he needs to get his products out there, and especially with little Nicky sitting in the market. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that needs to be said. Don't let these guys pull you by the nose and tell you you need 32% THC indica because that's what they smoke at home. They also do dabs and they're also doing shatter. So they might not be the best people to listen to.
2: It's exactly how I make my sales. I mean, the worst they can do is say, no, I'm always asking questions and always asking, you know, you, you know, you need this. Like, you know, let me talk to the buyer. That's how I, you know, you always just got to ask questions.
1: So um, on that note, we're going to give Nick a little plug here. And Little Nicky's is coming out. They're small half gram joints. So beautifully branded with a classic Italian figure on it. And they're going to be delicious and low cost, but also good uh, good potency. And look for them in a store in LA, Orange County, San Diego, and probably the valley and the desert here pretty quick. Um, ask for it by name, Little Nicky's. And always remember, Nick Dordano sold that to that store personally, like a good green grocer. Exactly. Nick, um, thanks so much for being here tonight. Latham,
2: thank you so much for having me.
1: I think it was great hearing uh, your perspective on the business. And as always, this show is brought to you by Suggies. That's at www.shuggies.com, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. You can take Shuggies with you anywhere you go, use it anyway. And now, with the home baker bag, you can cook the way you want to cook at home, and know what the dose is. And isn't that the most important thing when you're making brownies? Eight ounces of sugar, one cup with 100 milligrams of THC. Once again, thanks for being here on Days and Infused. Nick Giordano, thank you. The opinions expressed on this
3: CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com.